This podcast does contain spoilers, so if you're okay with that, listen on. If not, pause the podcast, go watch the movie we're about to talk about, and come on back. All right, sweet. Excuse me. Brian, uh, over here. Hey. Pardon me, pardon me. Why don't you have the popcorn? It's starting! Woo! <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Shut up. Shut up and listen to the podcast. Hey! There's a lot out there to see. This is what we watched. You just you just pro- you just project more, like better than I do, <laughs> I do for sure. I, I, it's because of my theater background, dude. Like I I don't know what to tell you. I got musical I got, theater. No regular theater. <laughs> uh, I couldn't I couldn't seem to save my fucking life, dude. Jeff, how you, how the hell you been, dude? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, Getting back into working, I am very sleep deprived all of a sudden because I ba- <laughs> a I basically sudden. got on a track of like all oh, last week there was not a whole lot going on so yeah. then I started waking up later and which meant staying up later mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I had a six a.m. call today Ooh. and so Ooh. I I didn't get like to sleep until after midnight right and then had to get up and go to fucking work and it was a it was a long day I believe you <laughs> I believe you I didn't have to to get up quite that early but I also feel like I just haven't been sleeping that well lately uh, so I'm yeah. also kind of in this like just fog that <laughs> I could probably you know we could probably take a nap we'll be okay yeah I yeah. definitely took a nap before you got here nice nice good 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 <laughs> well let's <laughs> try and power through the next hour and then and then you can pass out uh yeah I'm good uh, <laughs> dude 6 a.m calls are no joke like especially like, when you when you're ha- getting it back into staying up late and yeah. just you know it's a not, rough transition right not caring um, about but even without up. staying up late like there's something about 6 a.m calls that are just like d- just drastically more difficult than even a 7 a.m for oh, whatever yeah. reason i don't even know like 7 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m those are all fine mm-hmm. but 6 a.m is just way fucking harder for some reason <laughs> it is <laughs> well because no 6 a.m call means you have to be there at six so you have to wake up at least by like what for four, something or four thirty yeah. And exactly. So. I don't want to be like conscious around four or something. <laughs> like <laughs> that's just not how I want to operate. <laughs> I, exactly, dude. I hear you. I hear you. It's that's. I don't want to see that number in the AM <laughs> on like my phone, my watch, or anything. No, no, that's not a good number to see. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for powering through. Did uh, w- now now? But when you before you got up, did you uh, did you have any like visions in between falling asleep and waking up? Like, did you have anything going on inside your head? Strangely enough, okay, so the friend I went to see this movie, Dream Scenario. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what we're talking. <laughs> Dream it's really funny that we're actually doing this because after the movie, I thought about it and was like, I don't remember the last time I actually dreamed anything. Uh huh. And then. Uh, yeah, and then sure enough, I had I definitely had a dream <laughs> within the like three or four hours that I was sleeping. Yeah. Um. So yeah, now I'm aware that I actually am dreaming. That I just you- forget about <laughs> now it. Now I'm aware <laughs> that I didn't know that. The- do you dream as well? Like, is that something that people do? Do you just sit and hallucinate? I just like forgot. Like, I don't know. There's like there's a because I don't know if you remember your dreams, but there's definitely a way to actually train yourself to remember your dreams. That's what I've heard. And, and I've I, I used and to everything. be better about it. I at mean, some so point. It, it depends on the dream. It depends on, you know, if I've had anything to drink or smoke or uh-huh. you, just kind of the night before. And also how quickly I like try and start writing something down. Uh-huh. Cause I, Hey, if I, if I orate whatever my dream was 99% of the time, I'm going to forget it by like five minutes later. Yeah. Uh, so if I like that first 
uh, recollection cycle, I guess, of uh-huh. after I wake up is very much, you know, trying to go through as much as I can if, if I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that first recollection, it becomes almost impossible. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, and that's whatever is imprinted on me after I wake up. Right. And that's kind of the same thing I have to do. Like, after I have a dream, I have to, like, uh, and I wake up, I have to, uh, like, almost, ver- like, verbally say it out loud or, like, play it, like, replay it back in my head. Right. To be like, okay, I do remember this, 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 this. And then it starts to, like, cement a little bit, and I do remember after replaying it in my head. Okay. But if I don't do that, like, if I just wake up and I was like, huh, that was a weird dream, and then go on about my day, right? I won't remember shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. at all. I kind of envy the people who can, who, who at least say that they can manipulate their dreams and, and yeah. you know, lucid dream to be able to, uh, to change whatever yeah. it is they want. And. Strangely enough, I am kind of one of those people really? when I do remember my dreams, like I do rem- like even especially as a kid, I remember whether it's a good dream or a bad dream, like there's it hits like bad dreams that probably happen more often, but um let's say it went a direction and I was like, I didn't really like th- that that was uncomfortable. I didn't really like that. I might steer the storyline of it a certain Ooh. direction that makes me feel better about <laughs> okay. it or something. Interesting. And See, then even for better dreams, like I just like they're cool, and then I'm just like, oh, but I really want to do this, and then I just make it even more badass or oh, something yeah. or other. Hell yeah! <laughs> See, I, that that is kind of funny because I don't know that w- I know that I'm always dreaming, dreaming when I'm dreaming, but it's like kind of like. I like to be surprised by my dream, kind of see uh-huh. wherever that story is going to take me. You yeah. know, what, whatever it is that's happening. But there are times I know I remember uh, thinking, "Oh man, it'd be so weird if this happened, or it'd be so weird if yeah. I saw this person, right, or something like that." Uh-huh. And then, of course, that you know, that pops up or that event happens. I'm like, "Oh wait a second, yeah. this feels like too much." Like and I just read it, and I feel like that's a like a slight version of lucid dreaming like mm-hmm. you did control that in a little bit of a way because that right. is kind of where it sparks for me a little bit too but um one other question about dreams do, how vivid are your dreams like do you that can like vary. do you get confused if it's like r- like you felt like it was super real or something like that because i've never had that feeling yes like, yes i have absolutely had that feeling crazy. it depends because yeah there are definitely some times when it's very abstract um uh-huh. when it's kind of crazy and then there are dreams um, and it sucks because uh, working in restaurants, you have these nightmares about sure. like you know just terrible shifts or the night yep. never ends or you know I endless amounts of well. ranch or you know <laughs> the, those <laughs> yeah. kind of things. And yet, I find the the nightmares are worse when it's just a normal day, ah. normal shift, nothing crazy happens. And then I wake up and I go through the exact same thing. So mm. there are definitely times when I wake up and I go, I swear to God, I just I didn't it's sleep. Like, <laughs> it's like I just played through today exactly. i don't want to i don't want to do it again <laughs> oh it's the yes that so. is interesting yeah the reason i bring up uh like how vivid dreams are because obviously night terrors are a thing i think some people experience dreams like like they can't, while they're in the dream they can't differentiate that it's not reality oh. so like speaking in the sense of um one of the subjects that i wanted to bring up about dream scenario mm-hmm. that movie was like the nightmares and one of the like craziest ones that I just won't forget is when Nicolas Cage's character comes over and starts hammering the shit out of Holy that dude's face. Shit. Like, can you imagine not knowing that that's like not a dream? Right. And like thinking that's real life. Like that traumatized. Like, 
absolutely <laughs> is was one of the most horrifying moments of that. Yeah. Um, I think we should just jump right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm, think, I'm starting think, to jump. I'm <laughs> yeah. already You're starting already, to jump in. Getting, so, so this is what we watch. This is a podcast for movie lovers, TV lovers, and for those who like writing down their dreams, you fucking freaks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Totally, no, totally normal yeah. thing to do. Yeah. No, I've heard it's a normal thing to do. Like if you are trying to to understand where your your mind is going, right? Um, I've also found it's just interesting to kind of read back and try and understand the gibberish that <laughs> right. I put out, and it never really helps me, you know, differentiate between oh, this must mean that, or you know, yeah. oh my god, I I so understand life now. Uh-huh. It's more of like. I don't know what I was smoking, but yeah. <laughs> this was uh, too much. Too yeah. much. <laughs> well, on on that subject matter too, and writing down your dreams, do you ever have reoccurring dreams? I do. I've never had a reoccurring dream. What? Like ever? No. You like never, you never my sit friend... in the dream and look around and go, "This is familiar." Oh, I've been here before. Well, usually... Oh my god, I'm so glad to be back. Well, it's usually just like locations or something. You mm-hmm. know, like like say it was like my parents' house or my place here or mm-hmm. something like that. It's never like the same dream it's not like replaying a movie like the same thing uh, happens you know what maybe i haven't either because i think you're right i haven't had the exact same dream but i've been in the exact same place before okay yeah i, I do remember there was one and i wish to god i could remember it there there are elements of this like castle house that i remember okay. and it, it's kind of like this just giant mansion that also has like this tower this spiral tower um <laughs> That those are the only things I can really remember, and and the rooms are enormous, and yeah, I just remember the second time I was there, I went, oh shit, I'm back. Like I remember, like, like fuck this, yeah, this was a good place. I I loved this, whatever I was here. But then I because it was the second time, I was like, oh, I recognize like elements of this. I was yeah. like, but it's not the same. Like something's changed. So I yeah. did a time jump, and it was definitely I remember uh. going, oh, what's the story here? Yeah. And then I wake up and I go, oh, I don't know how to write. I don't know what a story is. <laughs> so like, is it is it your it. is that your place in those dreams? No, usually not. You just you the... show up in someone's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I project myself into somebody else's. You're you're like Nick Cage just walking by the down the hallway and just be like, we're just giving a wave, just a wave, right? Just a wave, just admiring. Just man, you got a nice place here. Uh, I guess if if it's places I know, it's either places like I'm working at. Uh, currently, or it's my childhood home. Like, oh, you know, okay. one of those two, or I guess maybe not my childhood, but the house I really grew up in. Sure, sure. Um, even if it's like with with updated people, you know, current yeah. people in my life and not people from my from my childhood. Okay, yeah, I can see that. What about you? Do you have Do you have a lot of places you like to revisit? Um, I don't know about, I don't, usually my dreams, I remember them being like fragmented in the sense of I'll be, I'll just like appear, like say here at my place things will, the storyline will start playing out and then all of a sudden sometimes i like catch myself thinking ah like what like maybe i'll like think of a specific person or place or something and then all of a sudden it transitions into a new story oh weird like, it's sometimes that happens really so, yeah, yeah all time like or location jump and just a new storyline starts um yeah my dreams are weird the more and more i talk about them the more mm-hmm. i'm like mine are not completely normal <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before we jump into that, I totally <laughs> forgot to introduce. I'm Brandon. Oh, that, yes. You're Jeff. I am Jeff. Yes, yep. you are. It's just the two of us today. Um, so no, Matt, we're completely yep. unhinged uh, again. I know. Um, so no anger. We might not even hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Don't you fucking dare. You know what What I realized? Uh, uh, that, oh, first of all, so sorry, because I keep wanting to jump in, which is yeah, weird because, because I'm not usually this, this excited This is just an interesting dreams. subject matter. It really yeah. is. So uh, this week we're talking uh, Dream Scenario with the uh, Nicolas Cage. It's the new film by Christopher Borgley, and uh, I think it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, to be it's honest super with you. interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, just like, like I said, kind of we just jumped into talking about dreams. <laughs> I just realized the last time you and I had a solo episode. Well, I uh-huh. guess a dual episode without <laughs> yes. Matt. What it was dreams. dreams? Yes, Inception. With, with, uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess we're just going to stay on that theme. Anything, yeah. <laughs> anything involving a dream right. or dream world. Yeah, Matt just will disappear and then it'll, it'll just be us. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's not real. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, this yeah, is a exactly. dream. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so, so you, you're, you think that you have pretty well, not normal so dreams? I have, yeah, I'll have one more thing I can throw into why my dreams are weird. Um, I feel like majority, if not all of them, mm-hmm. are in the third person. I see myself really? uh, as really? the story plays out. Yeah. Do you recognize like yourself as you, or do you recognize like do, it's they, almost like, like I'm watching a movie about myself or like playing sh- myself as a character? Okay. And okay. Then, and but then like, I see like, when, like like the the person who you see as you. Uh-huh. Like, how do you see you? Do you see you as like what you're the reflection that you see in the mirror, or do like do you see like a different you? I see me like I would probably I like. Uh, like what I look like in the mirror. Like okay. it looks familiar. Like I know it's me. It doesn't right. look weird or off right. or anything like that. And just like I'm seeing myself play out on this. And I still like the feelings I'm feeling is still presented mm-hmm. in, like as what I'm seeing basically right. on screen in right. quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, no, it's just interesting because like, um, yeah, things will play out and then I'm watching. And if, like I said earlier too, like a bit lucid to where the point where. I'll kind of dictate how it plays out. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just I'm directing my own movie that's of myself. Pretty, it's kind of weird. That's pretty. <laughs> it's it's uh, that, see that's interesting to me because mine are very much um, first first POV. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm you know controlling everything or like experiencing everything, not necessarily controlling everything, but experiencing everything um, from how I experience life. But I recognize that it's not always like me. Hmm. Uh, as the lead person or as me, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Every every so often huh. I'll recognize like, wait, I, it's not like Brandon that I, I am day to day, but like <laughs> I am experiencing whoever this person is. Interesting. And you're like self-aware that it's not you. But yeah. And then and then that's huh. kind of like, I'm like, this is a dream. This is definitely not. And then usually I'll wake up because I yeah <laughs> you what it's usually once I realize it's recognize it's a dream that's usually when I either forget whatever it is that happens after or is uh-huh. is when it's time for me to wake up. Interesting. And the yeah. worst time to wake up is like when something's <laughs> it was something interesting is like really happening. Yeah. Right. Or you're, you're there's a thriller happening or a chase uh-huh. or something or you're about to crack the code. Yeah. And yeah, everyone totally you know do. goes off and on the last adventure and then your alarm goes off. It's like I want to just sink yep. back in. Just let me finish. I'm almost there. I know we're there. Just get, let me wrap up the last episode of this season. <laughs> exactly. Just just a little more, please. Um. 
My cat so, almost just like tripped up our <laughs> entire recording setup. Yeah, animals will do that. In any, <laughs> she's being spunky. She's she's having some fun. Um, <laughs> but so yeah. I, so I noticed, um, and I don't remember if it was an article I read. I think it must have been an article I read that triggered this. But I noticed in Dream Scenario, which again the movie we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> um, that that Paul. I think Paul only shows up in people's nightmares, only the entire time. The entire time. Because if you think about in the beginning, when yeah. he's in somebody else's well, dream. Well, yeah, they were always weird or creepy. It's always right? something like they're scared of, like I'm being chased. Or right? yeah. there's that monster that's about to eat my face off. Or the alligators, you know, are, are, are kind of, I, I don't want to say attacking me because they were just kind of on the yeah, floor. Yeah, they were there. Well, but they she was like, she was, on tame. The t- she was on the table like to avoid them, though. To avoid them, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think those alligators like even knew she was there. I'm yeah. just. <laughs> no, no, I get what you're saying because even if you take like the very intro scene of the movie with like the daughter sitting at the table, right? It's like, it's like a no- it starts off as a normal day, but then all of a sudden crash this like random mm-hmm. like keychain or something. I think it's keys, yeah. Keys, yeah, like, like smashes the glass table. And it's like a little, little bit of a jump scare. Like I didn't yes. expect that. Oh, very much. Um, it starts off with a bang. Absolutely. Right. But it's just like odd and like offsetting. And then what? Yeah. Like more stuff starts dropping and then she starts floating away and right. uh, Paul doesn't do anything. She's just like, kind of watching, yeah, just kind like, of standing there. I wouldn't like, think of that as like necessarily like, oh, good, a good, nice, yeah. warm dream. Right. But yeah, it was just. Right. It was weird. It was it was <laughs> at least weird, if not again, kind of nightmarish, which I think is yeah. very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, which I think is is my biggest problem with Dream Scenario. Just kind of from the get go, is I I'm so excited by the concept, mm-hmm. so excited by the premise, and I really think that it was an interesting thing to explore, and I yeah. like a lot of what was explored and kind of a lot of what we saw. But I thought that the potential to go even further and yeah. explore things like. Like that, like why is he only showing up in a nightmare right. or, or, you know, this is an evolutionary biologist who, you know, is immediately, you know, talking about why it's not good to stand out from the herd and why right. it's, you know, beneficial uh-huh. to kind of blend in. And yeah. then all of a sudden now he's sticking out and, and he's not kind of poking at what that means on an evolutionary scale. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the, the this high concept went a couple of places but they could have gotten in in, in yeah. further detail well, and one, kind of probed a lot more philosophical questions that i yeah. think i would have uh, enjoyed more than more than necessarily what we got yeah well even uh outside of like the deeper sense of like what it could have been i felt it was weird that only they only showcased one person the, like the uh the agency's assistant mm-hmm. that had a sex dream about him. I thought yes. being like a dark comedy yeah. or just the comedic element, I thought they would have done a segment of where everybody was having sex yeah. dreams about him at some point. Exactly. Um, but that didn't happen. So it's, that was interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I was a little bit disappointed with that. And, and kind of the, the, in the same vein um, from uh, taking, taking what you were saying, going off a little bit, what I was disappointed by is <laughs> it didn't explore how many different emotions Paul's dream self like yeah uh, explored it was apathetic and then but I mean even even in the sex dream it started with a, as a horror as a yeah, nightmare it, was super it started creepy. as a fucking <laughs> like it creeped me out when you see the silhouette it's of a man the silhouette. in I'm the like, corner 
I'm like, I'm Ooh, pretty sure that's going to be Nick helped, Cage. But... It, well, you're pretty sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. then what? But but then, and why is he so still and standing? And I'm seeing, I'm getting goosebumps just yeah. thinking about that because that was, <laughs> it was a creepy. chilling cut. And also, they they did a, a fantastic job editing, and the director also was the editor. So I think oh, nice. that that helped as well. Did you notice that Ari Aster was a producer on it? I didn't know that so until that, the very end. Yeah, that that point like that makes more sense to me too that there was like a little bit of a horror yeah. kind of feel to it as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean even that it was it was it they held a moment longer i think than most places would cut and i think that uh in that scene part in yeah, particular is what made it so unsettling it's yeah. like it you it was like why are we still watching like like yeah. i'm like waiting for that jump scare and then that never happened uh-huh. Um, but then it turns sexual. Like so <laughs> yeah. again, Paul's only shown up in these <laughs> nightmares, and uh-huh. then and then right, they, uh, he and Paul and his wife have sex the one night, and so we get the one sex dream. But then, I, right? Why didn't anybody else get the yeah. sex dream? I, I was expecting that we were explore that. I was and, expecting in the classroom when everyone was going through their dreams that there would be at least one more or right. something. But right. yeah, it was just all random stuff. And I mean, speaking on the random dreams, I actually really loved that they showcased and displayed the reenactments of what these people were dreaming that was super fun such a good way like one of my favorite ones was the random like people in the grass field with Mm -hmm. the mushrooms on the trees and he's eating the mushroom and then some weird ass (laughs) fucking ice cream yeah (laughs) and then some weird ass like messed up dude is chasing after him yeah like such a weird dream but they like displayed it in such detail it was hilarious i thought that one was probably i was thinking while watching that scene i was like "Ooh, that actually feels like a dream yeah like this like nothing makes sense yeah and like just random things keep popping up it's Um, like your mind just like keep thinking like like ah oh, mushrooms and then all of a sudden you see scenes of mushrooms yeah, and things and... but not really mushrooms yeah they're right some i thought weird... that was a fantastic they look like portrait. ice cream mushrooms or yeah, something exactly <laughs> right some some strange combination um and that you again can't really explain and i like in that aspect i like that we didn't get any explanation or try to explain why you know what it is that we're seeing it just is what it is and you know that that's yeah. that i thought that was great <laughs> and and to your point um borgley said uh that that interestingly enough as we're as we babble on about uh, our dreams and, <laughs> right. and how we like i'm excited to talk to you about that um borgley has said that he thinks that people talking about their dreams is one of the most boring subjects you can you can experience huh. because yeah. you're not there right sure and anything that they try to explain to you is not going to come across the way they see it in their head sure 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 um so he said he said that the the best way to explore dreams is to show them yeah, visually see it and so i think that it, absolutely to your point i mean a hundred percent i i'm very on board with you know getting a little bit of a voiceover with this you know kind of setting it up but then actually seeing what happens was a great tool yeah definitely and it took it yeah, like going back to like it, it immersed you into the really hilarious and weird stuff in the very beginning, but then it also took you you to a very dark and uncomfortable place later on when right. people just started having like nightmares about Paul. Right. Which I like, like I said, if you have vivid dreams and you feel like feel like they are real, like I've I've asked people and friends about it before to where if they have a nightmare dream and like say they get stabbed mm-hmm. they feel like they're getting stabbed in the dream very much and so it's, that sounds terrifying to me because i've never experienced a vivid oh, dream of that sort man <laughs> see now if i could project myself i would absolutely come and cut you up tonight just so you can <laughs> just so you can experience so you it. Can feel it which is the weirdest thing because like 
I've never been shot. I've never been stabbed. I mean, you know, I've been I've cut myself a couple times, but I <laughs> but every time or you know, I've never fallen 30 feet and, and crumpled onto the ground, but every time that I that I feel that and I actually hit the ground or I actually, you know, feel the gunshot, which is uh-huh. fucking surreal by the way. But like, it's just your interpretation of my it, interpretation right? Yeah. of what like, I, this I is what guess, I think I, it would feel like. I guess yeah. I, or you know, what is that? Yeah. But then that also leads to kind of part of the theme of this movie, if there really was one, uh, of the <laughs> of the shared consciousness, right? Of uh-huh. of the whole everybody is is kind of everybody, <laughs> and, yeah. and there's no one single outlier. Like everyone is sharing some form of of uh, consciousness, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe I am experiencing what other people have experienced, you know, in my dream when I'm getting Did you see an ad for sneakers or something in that one? (laughs) (laughs) After you got shot, are they like like nice shoes, dude? Yeah, right. (laughs) Nice shoes, bro. (laughs) Brought to you by (laughs) insert revolver name here. (laughs) Uh, Winchester, that was the one I was thinking of. It's the only one I know. I was like Pennington. I'm like, no, that's a that's a home builder guy. I don't Do know. Do you appreciate the stopping power of this bullet? <laughs> <laughs> You'll love this Winchester for the next time you don't get shot. <laughs> <laughs> the next time you need to shoot someone. Yeah. <laughs> Which... When you turn this around, use a Winchester. <laughs> um <laughs> So speaking of that, which is uh, to me, I, I loved that. I love that we went there, but it felt so out of place. Honestly, like I love the in, in Dream Scenario that we went into this product placement. Basically, it because got weird at that point. It got really it got weird. Super weird. Super weird. And and like I said, I thought it was very interesting to explore that. And I thought it was yeah. very realistic. Like if if there was that, yeah. hey, this one dude is just happening. You know, <laughs> no. everybody is seeing this I, guy. I love the realism of it too, of someone being inexperienced and trying to sell their first ad in there, and they're just like, "It's like you should try." Oh fuck, I fucked up. Let oh, me try shit, that hold again. On. <laughs> and the other guy's like, yeah, and then that's when you hire this. actual actors to it, do it, like right? go into people's dreams. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it yeah. to me it kind of felt just again a little bit out of place from from all of what we had seen beforehand. Yeah, um, it did, and it, like it took it into a direction that felt like. Um, I mean, it's something that wasn't, didn't feel as possible, I guess. I don't know, yeah. for lack of a better term. like Exactly, exactly. Um, Just, you know, like, this is going to require some serious buy-in. Yeah, but I, it was funny when, like, they started, like, broadcasting and, like, the commercial came on. It was, mm-hmm. like, it was a, a funny gag, for sure. It, uh, yes, and I think was. that was most of what it was. I think so, and then I was reading that um, this movie was was kind of more of like a social commentary on social media, which I totally get. Like, I have notes about that in terms oh, of like the fact that z- the zebra thing was a reoccurring theme throughout yep. the entire thing. So, yep. like, like Paul definitely like he talks about like the the patterns on the zebras being part of like mixing up with the herd and confusing predators yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah, and then um, even like his wife and him even say at one point that they're like, oh yeah, we don't like. Like, this is weird because we don't even like being in the spotlight or anything. We just like to blend in. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to be, like, pointed at or just brought out in, mm-hmm. um, in this sort of way. And then at a certain point, even especially, like, even more so when people start having uh, nightmares about Paul, he is very much like, like, they even cut to a singled out picture of a zebra at that point midway through the movie or so. And, um, I mean, he is that zebra. He's... He's alone and right. secluded, right. and he's being attacked, right? Full on, hey, absolutely, for sure. absolutely. Um, and I feel like that has, like you were saying, commentary on social media, or even just being like 
an influencer Mm -hmm. or a celebrity, like you're being scrutinized for things you did or didn't do Mm -hmm. constantly. Exactly. And it's, it's this kind of shared perception of somebody Mm -hmm. and it's kind of out of, out of your control. You can't really do anything about it. Because literally the whole movie, he didn't really do anything to anybody yeah except for at that school play at the very end oh yeah well and again that was uh but that, it was an accident it was definitely an accident timed <laughs> at still, the worst possible yeah, time it's awful yeah like it <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing right like i feel like that happens to probably celebrities and people on social media all the time mm-hmm. like people might think one thing of them and that's just like what people's mindsets are mm-hmm. and then as soon as they accidentally trip up in some sort of way like that it's like, oh yeah, you just proved it. Yeah, exactly. And that's right? like, like really you're, you're, shitty. You're trying to goad them into, you know, doing the thing that you're you've said that they were going to do the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, and that's actually what what part of what drew um, Nick Cage to this project um, mm-hmm. is he 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 talks about how he was so it was so relatable for him to to sink his teeth into this role in particular mm-hmm. because he felt kind of just out of control and at a loss when the internet kind of. Uh, there was a video it called uh, I think it's called Nicholas Cage loses his shit and it's just all of like uh, his movies up to a certain point like of uh, the climax of his character kind uh-huh. of you know going not necessarily crazy or insane but taking it to a heightened degree and mm-hmm. you know so it, mm-hmm. you're putting those all together it's like wow this guy is kind of like off his rocker and yeah. doesn't know <laughs> you know he's all he just goes to the extreme and he doesn't have a character arc ever and it's like you know, and and I, I, I I'm defending uh, Nick Cage in this a little bit of um, kind of just piggybacking off of what he has said of, uh-huh. you know, without knowing acts one and two and you see just that you know, heightened reaction. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, it's not going to make a lot of sense and it's going to be out of place and it's going to be funny and it, or it's going to, you know, just yeah. kind of look like craziness. Yeah. Um, but there there's always a build up to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with with Paul. I don't know. I feel like we kind of didn't really get necessarily that build up mm-hmm. to that to that point, um, at least in, as far as the dreams go. Yeah. Um, which I thought was again, it just kind of escalated really quickly. Sure. But yeah. then Paul, as the as the human, uh, I thought was we we saw that progression very well and and mm-hmm. on full display display of um, just him kind of reacting to everything and then sure. finally just breaking and and not yeah. being able to hold any of his emotion in um and i, I want to get your thoughts on the on the uh, monologue where um paul is talking to like apologizing to the apologizing public, yeah but also kind of, kind of just you know explaining yeah. and just letting that emotion out because right um i do want to get your thoughts and and may i just want to preface with that that also was was um nick cage was like that's just me that was yeah. there was very little acting like that i i kind of just felt like that was my own way to kind of hmm. open up about yeah. that you know episode basically in the memification of of himself yeah yeah i mean i think that scene like his uh apology to the world um and even just into the beginning of this movie like one thing i noticed about him in particular that his wife and stuff points out too is that he's got like a, uh, a level of insecurities that he never really overcomes like there, yeah um there's like they have little lines of dialogue that um, they go through where I think someone gives him a compliment in the beginning and then he takes the nog- uh, the negative connotation of it right? Um, in some sort of fashion. And it's like, did you even hear like that they were complimenting you? Right. Like, and then um, even in his apology, he makes it very almost egocentric in mm-hmm. the sense of like, he's like, I'm the victim. I am like you. <laughs> um, 
which <laughs> in a way kind of defeats the purpose of an apology oh, to 100%. other people. So, oh, 100%. Um, so yeah, that's just one thing I noticed throughout that he's just, um, he's got some stuff going on for himself <laughs> yes. um, that I don't know if he actually overcomes. I don't know if he does either. I yeah. think that's a really good point to bring up is, is we see all of this, you know, self-doubt and we see all of this, um, okay, cool. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm actually important all of a sudden now and maybe yeah. that means something. But even when he does feel important, other people are like the dinner scenes that he keeps wanting to get invited to, yeah. like the, the, di- like the friends dinners or yeah. whatever, like he's being like, oh yeah, I'm a big deal now. Like, uh, like, you got, like I, can I get an invite now? And they're still like, no, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's just, uh, super interesting that he even, at his like highest moments of feeling good about himself, he's still, still Paul in his own way, right? <laughs> still kind of just an outsider, right? Yeah. And, and I think that I think that plays into uh, never being able to necessarily get over that um, self isolation and self doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I don't know if he does. I honestly, by the end, and with that, I'm I'm thinking of the final scene uh, where. I don't think he ever gets over his own insecurities so much mm. as just, you know, remembers and realizes what's actually important right. and what he really wants versus what he thinks he wants mm-hmm. um, or what he think you know, what, what he's te- been telling himself that he's been lacking in the fame and the fortune and the recognition right. um, versus, no, I, you have a wife and kids who, you know, do love you and do care about you and who are there for you. Yeah. And then realizing, oh, that was what I wanted this whole time, and now mm-hmm. that I don't have that, that's all I want. But right. that's not necessarily progressing the character in terms of, you know, fixing their underlying problems that kind of led to that to yeah. that mentality. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think the biggest arc moment that I could see was the, honestly the very end scene where he enters his wife's dream mm-hmm. and reenacts that like the, the talking heads, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh that God, like that what was... they were talking about earlier, and <laughs> him coming to rescue her when he's walking in the uh, through <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the the little... street. Yes, the big the big uh, suit. I was like, oh hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for you, man. Yeah. So but the... then I also think that that moment would have landed personally. I think that 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 moment would have landed so much more mm-hmm. had we not had the product placement, right? The whole right. shared dream consciousness ad and and product yeah um again i i love that because i the realism of i think that's where it would go given Mm -hmm. the given the situation but i think that moment could have been played so much better of the entire movie i'm trying to get into my wife's dream and maybe and maybe him realizing jumping into others other people's dreams going oh shit i didn't mean to be here yeah you know and maybe you know doing something with that Mm -hmm. and then finally breaking through that I feel like would have been a more powerful character arc than yeah. than uh, I'm using this product to get get to you. Yeah, that's just the weird thing about that entire concept, though. They like, didn't really lay out any rules of how like these he's entering these people's dreams from the beginning, right? right. Um, which makes it almost feel like they added that gimmick to the like giving a reason that you can purposefully enter other people's dreams. Mm-hmm as a segue like they used it as a comical like device um initially but then they used it as 
like a segue so that he could willingly do that and enter his right. wife's dream. Right, exactly. And that's um, what I mean. Like, I feel like it was an unnecessary it, it almost down- segue. But you're right. Like, the advertisement stuff did feel like it downplayed it. Exactly. Um, exactly. It is that it downplayed what, what could have been just a little bit more... Um, I don't even want to say entertaining, but just a just little more bit more meaningful. meaningful. I don't, yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But still, and 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 I I do like that there was no explanation given for why. I like that we got that snippet of of the one. Um. Was it psychiatrist or therapist or dream scientist, for lack of a better uh-huh. term? Um. Who was talking like. <laughs> We don't have a clue what's happening. Like this is astral projection, you know. Then there's lucid dreaming, you know. All yeah. So there's that, but <laughs> on this wide scale, this is bizarre. So I like that yeah, we got no a bit of like, eh, we don't know, but it's just kind of accepted and is a thing. And I yeah. and I like that there wasn't a whole lot of sciencey stuff. I'm trying to find which is um, who it is, but there there's a um, psychologist who who. Carl, uh, Carl Jung. Okay. Um, but so yeah, so L, uh, Carl Jung kind of devolved the theory of collective consciousness um, mm-hmm. just to begin with, uh, of that, hey, we might all be sharing the same something. Um, hmm. And so what, so what Borgley did is he kind of went, what if we took basically Nightmare on Elm Street and kind of sure. played, you know, put that on, on, on display and then just ran with it and, and see how people react in that kind of right. way. Forgot where I was going with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You were you were talking about the science of it and stuff. Um, oh right, that yeah. um, that it was just kind of again the, the 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 abstract concept of shared conscious was the only real bit of science we got. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of just knowing you know a little bit of 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 psychology and in going yeah. into a tiny bit of research, it not necessarily enhance it but it kind of solidified like what they were trying to do mm-hmm. and i don't think that by giving any kind of explanation for why he you know just started appearing i don't i think that would have uh, been, been detrimental to the overall product i think it, it just was a good thing that hey, it started happening yeah like so you like the fact that they didn't explain it all yes okay yeah gotcha. at least to start i think it yeah. would have been better to kind of give some kind of reason or again play up with yeah that character going all of a sudden now now it, he's gone yeah you know from, from everyone's dreams and you know what that means or maybe why yeah see i would have liked the it was called norio right that was the brand for the yeah, dream sharing that sounds right um, that sounds right i would have liked that concept better if like because so like in the initial commercials where they're like norio you can dream share now yeah, yeah um they were like based on the events that happened with paul matthews mm-hmm. um we were able to understand how this works now they said that but then they didn't explain how like how that actually works and they right. conveyed it into technology right which kind of really bugs me oh really like, yes. yeah <laughs> like want, you know the nitty-gritty if, if they it. were going to go that direction i would have liked to know what they know mm-hmm. of why and how paul was able to help them figure that out right um I, and see the only illusion i got was uh because one person randomly did it now we know it's a it's a thing it's so like we a, can focus possible. our efforts right that, but that, yeah but then they didn't explain like i wanted to know how, how, how that breakthrough like, happens yeah, um, yeah. otherwise i do like the idea of it just being random too what i would have liked more of though is like my friend nate brought up a point after the movie that um he kind of noticed that initially i think the points he brought up was after him and his wife were like uh kind of talking about like sex dream scenarios mm-hmm. later on 
after that is when that uh he found that ad agency assistant had a sex dream about him mm-hmm. and then later after he gets really mad about the article that his uh friend released mm-hmm. um that's when the nightmares started right i would have uh, like it's a little uh, loose of a connection and like for the other people's dreams that we see we've seen but i would have honestly liked the idea of in some way if depending on his like current mental state i guess Mm -hmm. if it swayed how he affected people's dreams in that way you know what i mean so that's kind of where he was going so like when he was super angry all of a sudden he starts marriage yes exactly like that's when he started killing people and their dreams and shit like that and exactly and and i I kind of would have liked to have seen that you know his emotional some sort of progression with that yeah Yeah. exactly like when, when he got super sad about it like you know have at least maybe some kind of touch on Oh, you know, now he's not killing us. Now he's just weeping, and now we have instead of having you know candy, candy everyone has like sympathy or something. Right, we have to we have to stop and and uh, uh, you know kind of uh, help him and comfort him a little bit. And now now we hate him because they're taken away from our good dreams as well. Or they. They could have even made it like after like um, people had nightmares and he was getting shunned from society. Mm -hmm. They could have turned it into like a like in the show Rick and Morty, the Jerry character. (laughs) How just like (laughs) everyone just like like. God damn it, Jerry, and just like or <laughs> or start feeling like pity for him mm-hmm, because he's mm-hmm. just going like, <laughs> I don't know. They could have gone a direction like that too. I think would have been comical because right. at a certain point, I think it was well, actually when the nightmare started. It was like all of a sudden the laughs were just like, <laughs> that's actually like this is getting kind of serious and uh, yeah. awkward and sad. Like it's super <laughs> like, exactly. Like the laughs from... <laughs> started going away. I was like, it went oh from god, really funny to like oh cringe funny to like oh I don't yeah. know if I should and then just like oh this is this is fucking just depressing. Like goddamn, yeah. get Jack, get me out of this. <laughs> it was definitely a weird range of emotions. Like I actually got um, I had like a uh, flashbacks to Swiss Army Man a little bit because. There's that entire scene with that ad agency assistant when they go back to her apartment Mm -hmm. and she starts making him reenact her fucking (laughs) dream. She's like, no, go back into the corner all the way. (laughs) And it's just awkward and funny. Yeah. And then... And then he comes over, like well, I don't know, right when they're about to start doing stuff, he like that random fart that comes out of nowhere. This <laughs> just cracked me up in theaters, and that's what Matt reminded me of. Oh, just the fart Swiss jokes Ar- yeah, from yeah, Swiss yeah. Army. Like I mean, Swiss Army Man was all fart jokes. It was pretty much just fart <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Did you that expect was Paul Dano to show up. Or something? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was just so random and funny. Like right, right. <laughs> and then he tries to explain. He Nick Cage played a perfect awkward human being oh, he <laughs> he's just like i'm sorry i was just tense <laughs> yeah right like, uh, it's totally normal it's a thing that happens and it's like Dude. it's actually healthy <laughs> like <laughs> i thought yeah um so funny i, I wanted to, I wanted to jump back to nick cage but i was thinking uh, i'm so i'm so upset i wasn't quick enough with this but um <laughs> what what novio did uh is they took the serum that inception has and instead of just uh-huh. injecting it directly in oh, your veins sure. they yeah. made it into a wireless thing yeah so that's Ooh, what it, the future is now <laughs> 10 just, years later just trying to make sure you you know you're yes. you feel a little bit more completed that right. that's that's what how it happened yeah. is that is that better for your Christian scientific... Christopher Nolan's was analog and now and the, no, <laughs> the no, Novio Norio mm-hmm. one was more of like uh, <laughs> if Apple came up with the <laughs> with the object right like they're wearing it on their wrists and right. shit like exactly. that exactly exactly <laughs> god oh my <laughs> god um, so jumping <laughs> oh I'm so glad I made that connection right <laughs> Hey, Chris Nolan's still doing analog. He's still shooting on film. <laughs> yep, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think this was one of uh, I don't know if it's his absolute best, 
but it is definitely up there for for Nicolas Cage performances. Yeah, I think, it was by just far. unique. Like, um, I loved when he incredibly unique. I loved when he brings in his like awkward laugh. He has that. Yes! He has that like very panty <laughs> laugh. Yeah, and I just love when Nicolas Cage like, does that, like almost forced or something <laughs> yeah. like. Like hey, Paul's like, I don't even find this funny, but I need you to find this funny. So like, work with me here. It's just the best awkward was, laugh. It was fantastic, but we also got to see such a range of of emotion from that awkwardness to that insider to this right normal guy, this dad who's just an average dude yep. to uh, someone who's apathetic in everyone's dreams to this murderous, you know, heinous villain to this emotionally distraught, you know, uh, completely devastated, you know, yeah. panicked kind of person to this sweet, elated, loving, you know, finally at peace, at least for a moment at peace. Like, yeah. I thought at least as far as ranges go, this is by far uh, up there in terms of just performance in general. Yeah. Um, but I also think Nick Nicholas Cage is a great actor. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I think he's got... Like he's got a unique set of skills, um, <laughs> <laughs> as far as like the acting that he does. Like, yes, um, lately in the roles that he does, I think they're just perfectly casted for him. Like, yeah, he does yeah. a great job. What, and that's so interesting you say that because Borgley had had said he's like I didn't write that with anybody in mind. He's like I've never even considered having like anywhere near Nick Cage in yeah. this. God, and he's then, perfect for it. Though. Right, and then when when Astor got attached, it was like, oh, we might be able to go after this guy. Yeah, and then you know nice. he got the script, and it was like, oh, he, he, and, and um, I keep wanting want to rave about about um, <laughs> Borgley because. Uh, Nicholas Cage has said that that he considers this film a masterpiece, and I want to get okay. your thoughts about that. And also, I want to get your thoughts about what a masterpiece is. So remind <laughs> me. But I I, I want to mention that because what what Nicholas Cage defines a masterpiece as, at least in terms uh -huh. of the script, yeah, is he's like there's only been a handful of scripts that I've ever read um, that that I don't want to change anything for uh, on the page. Hmm, interesting. And um, okay. he's like, yeah, there's only five scripts in 45 years. Um, which have been Leaving Las Vegas, Vampire's Kiss, Adaptation, Bringing Out the Dead, and Now Dream Scenario, hmm. that he's considered like, just like, don't touch anything, we're doing it writ yeah. as written. Which I think is insanely high praise for this dude's second film. Yeah, totally. Poorly, yeah. not Cage. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. Um, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, granted, I, I don't think I've seen any of those other movies i've seen adaptation and i think i've seen bits from leaving las vegas which shame okay. on me but are those those are all nick cage movies those are all nick cage movies I, yeah i don't know they're not on my radar for some reason yeah um, adaptation was huh. a um charlie charles kaufman's uh, something kaufman oh i'm totally blanking on the name <laughs> um, <close>. of the <laughs> writer i think it's charlie kaufman um wrote it and it it's very kind of it's it, not necessarily as out there as dream scenario is but it's mm -hmm. definitely like this kind of normal guy reacting to the world around him okay um mm. and then you know events kind of get crazy interesting okay but so i want to get your your thoughts about what yeah. since because of those nick cage comments on the script itself yeah a what did you think of the writing b what do you think do you would you consider this a masterpiece and c what would you consider uh requirements for a yeah. masterpiece <laughs> In any um, order and, and, and in, yeah. in your time. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's one of those things where I like think like I thought about the first question and then you said the second one and so I started thinking about that. That was more for, so I, I could at least like say I said it and, the, yeah. and I remember. Okay, so, 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 so what was what? the first one? <laughs> 
fuck. Um, Matt, can we replay that, please? Yeah. Um, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, no. So, well, what were your thoughts about like the script itself and like the writing and the dialogue? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So I thought if they did, followed it as closely as Nicolas Cage is saying, I thought it was great. Like all the dialogue and everything felt natural to me. It didn't feel weird. Like it was. I think it was designed to be weird and awkward when right. it was weird and awkward, which right. was great. Um, I think the laughs came out when the laughs were supposed to be there. And I think the awkward laughs and uncomfortability was there when it needed to be there. So I think it was done pretty well, honestly. Um, yeah, and I think the thrills also kind of came through as yeah. well. Like with that, with that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of feel. Totally. With that, that kind of Ari Aster twist almost. Or, yeah. you know, like not twisted, that Ari Aster like, just... Like the flavor, yeah. It's like the lighting style, and then some cuts and stuff like that were horror esque. Mm-hmm. But then you had a scene like where his uh, younger daughter is in her bed, and he bursts through the door, <laughs> oh and he's like, God. he's got that like weird, awkward smile and yeah. walk, and it's like that's creepy and scary, but also funny. Like, the, but also this I'm is laughing weird. at it. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I scared at what I'm laughing at? How yeah. is this? It was just a, a very interesting combination, and um. It like it almost uh, is reminiscent to me of like the Daniels like directors mm. um, earlier works and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just got that little bit of a weird, unique feel and a uh, dark comedy comedy style. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like what you typically see. So, in, I mean, in that sense, I think they did a good job. Um, as far as a masterpiece. To me, I don't feel like it's a masterpiece, but I mean, that could be just along the lines of like what movies I prefer yeah. and stories I prefer. Sure. Because I've said it, I'll say it now, and I've said it in other podcast episodes, Christopher Nolan tends to make the stories that I would uh, like to be a part of and right. tell right. as well, like those kinds of dramatic stories. Um, so then so then that brings me into C. Um, yeah. What would your requirements for a masterpiece to be? Because this, like, like I said, this is, um, this is Borgley's second feature film, and that's, you know, if, if you're peaking your yeah. sophomore year, like, that's a lot of road to downhill yeah. to go through. So I just so, am wondering like where necessarily, you know, that yeah. that would come in. And do you have to have a large body of work to then kind of go, oh, you know, look back and say, oh, no, that was the best one. Or, you yeah. know, leading up to this culmination of everything is going to be my masterpiece. Or can mm-hmm. you can you have something come out and almost out of the gate and be like the best thing you've ever done? Yeah, so you could, but. Again, I'll answer one of those questions, like sub questions, <laughs> in there first. I feel like this is more like trying to just offer you like <laughs> outs. <laughs> that was all. Yeah, I was no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> you're just like adding more thoughts and and notes into my head about you're what welcome. I want to bring up. Um, again, I think this is this director's like it is one of his earlier films that he's made, and I feel like it's uh reminiscent of how the Daniels directors started. Like they're like you know no one was saying Swiss Army Man was the best movie ever. Right. Like then like um like it was good and it was interesting, mm-hmm. and which I think this movie very much is. And then they come down the road with everything everywhere all yeah. at once, which I think is the Daniels like masterpiece yeah. movie at this point. Like, at this it was, point, yes, interesting. Ex- yeah. I mean, they could. They're still probably going to kick out other movies. I mean, they've gained so much traction. They've won some awards. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, just a um, couple. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So it feels like reminiscent of that track for this director like this director's got a unique style that i would like to see more of down the line if um he comes up with more stories and creative Mm -hmm. ideas um so and 
to answer your overarching question about what I think a masterpiece is, when I think of this movie being called a masterpiece, I don't think it is because I don't think I can answer overall what I think a masterpiece would be. But where I think this movie in particular is lacking being a masterpiece is mm-hmm. how we discussed with that Norio uh, device uh, con- like uh, subject in the movie. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a little out of place and I just started losing. It felt like it lost traction when it hit that point for me. And then also for me, as nice as that ending was, like I like that we got a little payoff for that um, ending dream scene with him and his wife. Right. But at the same time, it didn't, for me, it didn't feel like that satisfying of an ending because he did it, it almost didn't feel like he had an arc by the end. Right. Like it was just almost right. kind of just like, and a, a little bit of a sad, like happy in the moment, but also overall still sad. Right. Still like, um, open oh my ending. God, like the, exactly. No, yeah. I, I totally I, so, agree with you. Cause like, yeah, you saw his life unfold and where it was. And then this was his last desperate moment of just having like grasping that extra little bit of happiness that he could maybe take. Right. Even though he probably is not getting that back. He probably so, not. I like agree. I, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure I feel like that was all very intentional, but it just, um, it didn't hit home for me for some reason. I don't know. Well, I, 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 don't I know. think. How it, did you feel about that? I guess about the ending. Yeah, I, 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 I'm on the same page as you are. Of it just didn't. It, it wasn't as powerful as as they wanted it to be, or as it could have been. Like I thought. Yeah. I thought it was humorous, and I thought it was sweet, and I thought it was yeah, um, semi uplifting, and no pun intended, right with him floating. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but but it it, it just it, it felt incomplete as far as yeah. you know, th- this character feels like the, he he still has so much more growing to do. Yeah, totally. And like his his arc isn't necessarily complete or. You know, I'd like to see a little bit more of how he's going to, is, is that actually the ending? Like, is that the right. end of, of his marriage and, and, and is this where his life is going to go? Or what is he going to do now? Now yeah. that a book, which it wasn't, I don't believe the book he wanted to write anyway. Now that a book is out, is he, is, you know, yeah. what, what avenue is, is Paul going to go down? Um, so it, it definitely felt a little bit unfinished and a little bit yeah. unsatisfying in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in that sense, and like you said, with with the Norio ring, it, it it kind of was, it 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 just doesn't necessarily equate to what I consider a, a masterpiece myself, yeah, um, or a crowning achievement, just because of of all of the places like I think it could have benefited that it didn't right. even you know necessarily attempt to go for, mm-hmm. um, and I only bring that up again because I think with those it would have made that ending with that that set ending so much more powerful and so much more enjoyable and then we'd still have the questions of you know where what's paul gonna do where's he gonna go who's he gonna be but with all of this weight of he finally was able to break through something that he was actually trying to do instead of just Mm -hmm. doing like you said earlier like just basically doing nothing and then being sad about it like that's fine to do but that to me doesn't scream you know so an an interesting enough character, yeah, and it's it's it almost makes me feel bad saying that I feel like that ending didn't wrap it up quite the way i like I, the most powerful way, just because I feel like I feel like they did it the way they intended to, and mm-hmm. it came across the way they intended it mm-hmm. to as an a uh, semi happy but also sad open ending, 
but it just didn't yeah i don't know i just like you were saying i felt like it could have gone a little further in some way or another um yeah i don't know yeah. i don't know what yeah. else to say about that so <laughs> no, you're fine you're totally fine um since we we've kind of talked about what you know maybe we'd like to have seen out of the story of the plot um I really like, and I'd love to get your thoughts sure. instead of me just asking this open-ended <laughs> question. Uh, I really liked the the fact that. Uh, so let me pre- sorry. <laughs> let me preface this with uh, I've said it before, and uh-huh. I, I love <laughs> I love being surprised by a film, by a okay. movie, by yeah. a filmmaker, and and knowing as little going in as possible. And okay. I said that yep. on the Inception episode of uh-huh. uh, it, you know I went in knowing nothing and just being yeah, blown it was away. Great. And this one was very much in that same way okay, of, nice. I knew nothing. I knew that obviously it was a little bit, it was about dreams. I saw mm-hmm. the teaser trailer. Yeah. Um, I knew a little bit of who was in it. And so I kind of had a rough sense of kind mm-hmm. of what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But I was still very surprised yeah. by the majority of the scenes. Like I, I, I couldn't have guessed what was coming. And if I was yeah. going to try to guess, I was probably going to be wrong. Right. Um, and I really enjoyed that plot structure of just taking it to levels and places that I, whether or not I, I liked where they went, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that I was unable to expect it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think this goes back to like the, for me, the reenactments of the dreams. I think they did an exceptional job with like the production design and props and wardrobe and everything like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, they definitely made these dreams feel like dreams. Like there was one, there was one that was uh this, the girl was in like a school cafeteria or something. Ooh, and mm-hmm, there was like a, literally mm-hmm. like a hurricane or earthquake or something. Or hurricane yeah. Or, yeah emer- something some was emergency. going on and people were falling all over the place. And then just Paul just walks up all just casually <laughs> or like, yeah, it was just super interesting. And um, I think they did a really good job with all that. That makes this film stand out to yes. me. Which by um, the way, that scene uh, in particular, mo- I think everything was practical. Yeah, obviously I, there were a little bit of enhancements, but there that was all practical. So right, like the, the the shaky cam was done, you know, yeah. on, on the day and yeah, and, and I they, mean, I feel like they programmed lights to be flickering yeah. around and stuff. Yeah. Like it was, uh, they were really fun to watch. And then um, on top of that, I felt like it was interesting that from a cinematography standpoint, the dreams stood out the most from a, cinemat- a cinematography standpoint. Like mm-hmm. they were very unique frames um, in this film. Mm-hmm. But then also there was an interesting sort of raw feel to some of the real life scenes. Like there were some night scenes in like the house or something where I could actually see some of the grain from the, like from the image from the camera Mm -hmm. recording that um, they didn't end up cleaning up or anything really. It felt like, Right. Um, or, so, yeah, or maybe just, that was the cleanest they could get it. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like it gave it more of like an indie film, raw, like, feel to right. it which was interesting and then but the dreams were really like super clean and exactly like. and, and very polished right yeah. so and and i think maybe that was part of the aesthetic yeah right totally. part of like we're gonna leave it a little bit noisy a little bit grainy for mm-hmm. for real life because that's kind of that's it yeah real life is a little bit more gritty i'm reading in between the lines here yeah but no, totally i mean that's <laughs> hey that's uh, art <laughs> yeah, exactly right so so you know maybe maybe it had something to do with that um and then for the dream it's going to be very polished right because yeah. this is this is what somebody is telling you was inside their head and maybe just i mean even just as far as you know making sure that you you could understand what was a dream versus what was reality because there were definitely times when it was playing with that and that was another thing i was Mm -hmm. a little bit disappointed by was i wanted it to play with what's a dream and what's reality a little bit more than it was Mm, like like almost like a getting like people getting confused about it yes yes i thought that that was going to be a major forefront of 
kind of just what was happening. And then uh-huh. maybe, you know, that that's why people were freaked out by seeing Paul is like, wait right. a second. Like, I don't know if you're actually real or now what am I dreaming? Right. Like, well, they did kind of uh, show some of that, but it got to the point when it was uh, started being less comical in the movie where people were actually terrified and like it became right. a subject matter of like, these people feel unsafe around you. Right. Um, we can't have you here. That's, Ra- that's rather than fair. like no, him you're... walking down the street and someone being like, ah, shit. And <laughs> like tripping over something, trying to run away. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's interesting that they didn't go that route, mm. like the comical route and went a very serious route. Well, though. I mean, I don't, it, I don't even mean like in, in the comical route necessarily, uh-huh. but more of just like, you know, playing mind games with the, with the audience okay, yeah. of like, you know, with, with the people interacting with Paul you know, necessarily, hey, is this a dream or is this reality? What mm-hmm. What's real and what's a dream, you know, necessarily? Yeah. And then that would, would, would kind of ha- make the audience feel like, I don't know what to believe in terms of, again, what's real and what's not. Yeah. I thought that that would have been, an, again, an interesting but very difficult avenue to go down. Okay. Uh, if they would have brought Christopher Nolan in as uh, a producer, <laughs> they would have definitely had a few scenes like that. <laughs> well, we, that fucking top would, it would have made an appearance. I tell you what, I tell you what. um if you could jump into somebody else's dream like that Uh uh-huh what would you what would you do if i could control it if you could control you being in somebody else's dream not what their dream is almost like the norio status exactly and i don't i don't mean sell them a product (laughs) fuck that absolutely fuck that you're not allowed to answer putting money into my pocket no it is not (laughs) okay (laughs) and even if it was you're not allowed to answer that okay (laughs) What would I want to do? So, like, almost think about in the sense of I, if I had this superpower to enter people's dreams, what would I want to do? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I'd, I don't know if I'd want to. <laughs> really? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I think I would probably just look like Paul in these fucking dreams because I'd, I'd be curious what someone's dreaming about. Yeah. But I don't think I'd really want to manipulate it or do anything. Okay. I'd probably just peek in and be like, oh, this is fucked up. I, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll come back later. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a piece out. I'm gonna head yeah. out. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be more curious about what other people are dreaming rather than being a part of it. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. What I mean, I take it you have a stance on this. I <laughs> I was hoping I could. I would think of something. I was just thinking about like the the conversation starter of like what would you do, what would you want to do because that was you know the 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 piece between uh, Paul and and his wife. Uh huh. I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of of what you said of just like observing yeah. what somebody else is is because it kind of puts you into watching. It gives you a perspective of what what this person is kind of like. Some of my dreams start have a starting point based on something that I was thinking about when I was going to sleep. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. So it kind of gives you an insight to this person a little bit and what they were yeah. thinking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think it also would be fun to just maybe like fuck with them a little I, that, bit. Like, I mean, there you know, is that for sure. I don't know, grab them and, you know, fly for a little bit and then just drop them back off and right, walk away yeah. like nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, like enter, enter stream and slap them around a little bit. <laughs> 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 just, again, just for me, I would just be there. I would just be always right there. Just be like, Matt, you rated uh, Moonfall a 9.5? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. But yeah, no, I think it would be fun. It'd be fun to explore. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do agree. I think, you know what? I think I just, I just literally just in the, in the moment remembered 
This is a ripoff of a SpongeBob episode. Is it? Yeah. There is an episode where SpongeBob wow. goes into all of his friends' dreams. Oh, really? Yes. And oh, he man, I haven't seen what that. happens. Oh, my oh. God. I totally what if forgot they do that, to that them? was a thing. Um, it just kind of is there. And, and <laughs> like, very Paul. Very Paul. Very, I mean, he's there, and and I'm trying to remember exactly what it is because he pisses everybody off. I remember, I remember in the dream with Sandy, like she's skydiving, uh-huh. and he's there and doesn't have a parachute. So you know, she, uh, Sandy's like, "Hey, you need a parachute. Find one. Get one. And do something about it." And by the yeah. time like uh, she's a, you know, gets to the, she she hits the ground because she's so busy trying to make sure he right. gets one that she doesn't pull hers right yeah so these little things like that yeah or, for sure uh, he goes into Gary's dream and Gary is you know this this um, scholar basically in in an old <laughs> medieval library Poor Gary is. right exactly <laughs> um, I don't know weird random things like that yeah okay um, but just and the concept wa- of dream jumping and then they wake up and they're pissed at him yes okay yeah. I see yep interesting yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just realized like this. Oh shit! I, again, can this be a masterpiece? Because SpongeBob did it. I don't well, know. It is now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's there now. It's the new Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob um, did it. What was your opinion about that? There's that scene when he's in France towards the end. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you feel in particular about um, going into this place and getting your photos taken for what you think is going to be a a book release for your book that you just published. Right. And then they ask you to put on the Freddy Krueger. Oh my God. And no, knowing you're like, <laughs> knowing why they're asking that, but they're uh, being in another country. They're just like, no, just do it. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be fine. It's, it's it'll good. be good. It'll yeah. be fine. Don't worry about and it. And you're just like, ah, Dude. Should I? Should I yeah. not? What, what would you do in that well, scenario? I think. <laughs> Cause he kind of, at a moment, I was kind of surprised that he kind of embraced it. Like, he didn't want to for sure at first. Right, right. But he then was once reluctant. he did, he was starting to pose with oh, it. He totally, and... he, he absolutely <laughs> was just <laughs> drinking that entire experience up. Like, yeah, just it was interesting. Playing I, way into that. Like, I didn't think he would go into that, like, that far into it. Yeah. Being that reluctant. Yeah, that that was a bit interesting that he went that far with it. Um, I. I think I would probably be like, are you fucking serious? No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be associated. Yeah, I don't think in any way I would want to further the abuse that I had on social Ex- media already. Exactly. So like, I just wouldn't. I'd walk out. Yeah, be like, cool, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm taking this either. glove with me for later because it's co- it's still cool, <laughs> exactly, but, yes, but exactly. you're not taking my photo with I'm it. I'm taking the gauntlet. <laughs> However, you will never see me wearing it. That... That's hilarious. Um, to that point, and I'm so glad you were able to bring this up because I was hoping I could weasel my way into to talking about um, this point that I, that I saw about Paul um, being so starved for attention mm-hmm. that he he uh, conflates being seen in any way, especially in just you know being being seen by millions of people as success. So mm. I thought that that's kind of why he leaned into it so much with with very yeah. little resistance is because mm. he's uh, and I'm quoting here is he he's motivated by entitlement um, because okay. he feels robbed by academic success um, and he already he already has this image of himself that the world uh, so he has this image of himself but the world has another image right and kind of with that entitlement and kind of with um this whole egotistical leaning into right. you know oh if i'm if i'm if everyone sees me then that must mean i'm important so i might as well kind of lean into how people right. see me because then if if 
I embrace that maybe they'll like me. Right. Well, wasn't his book even a kind of about the situation? That's about, what I, I believe like, so. I think he pivoted from, yeah, his whatever ant yeah. theory he was doing. Because that kind of makes sense, too, then, if he, like, kind of went into it uh, and put on the gauntlet and put on a show, basically, mm-hmm. for maybe helping sell his book at that point. Mm-hmm. Because... I definitely did notice that he kind of fabricated, like before that France trip, he was telling his wife, he's like, yeah, I'm like a big deal in France and stuff. And I'm like, we're going to have a book release and people are going to be lining up. Right. But then it's not even about the stuff that he, like you said, like he originally wanted to write about. Right. And um, yeah, it, he, he's an interesting character. He's, he really is. Like, throughout the movie, he does that. He He kind of just inflates the perception he has of himself he's it's almost like he's white lying about the scenario he's actually yeah like you know he he's like i'm going to new york i'm going to talk to these guys about selling my book it's going to be awesome Mm -hmm. and then it turns into like kind of a shit show where they're just like sprite you're gonna (laughs) you're you're gonna you're you know just you'll appear in people's dreams with Sprite. Right, right, right. It's like, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. I want to work. And also Michael Sarah's cameo. Was, I know, was yeah. It. Which, again, I don't think it was, we've had, I think Matt and I have had this argument about what a cameo is, but I, I don't know. I'm on the I'm on the fence with what it is, what it isn't, because I thought Michael Sarah was fantastic yes. in this, 100%, whether it was or not. I thought I thought yeah. he was he was great in this, <laughs> and yeah, he definitely he definitely lies about way too much. Yeah. to kind of like a puffer fish, like just kind of make himself seem bigger. Yeah, because he I think it, uh, it goes back to what we were talking about early on is because he sees himself as such a small person, as such a small yeah, meaningless individual. You're right, who's so insecure about his decisions and mm-hmm. his life and where he's at that he wants to make everyone believe he's a much bigger deal than he kind of is which in that aspect i totally yeah. see uh this whole social media uh aspect of it, right mm-hmm. the whole social media commentary yeah but then also i was thinking or i i read because i i guess i didn't put two and two together that the other theme of this or the other common social commentary is uh cancel culture mm-hmm. so kind of yeah you know just whether or not somebody did something wrong yeah the whole cult if the whole culture is against you, yeah. then you're out. And that kind of sucks. It, it does that, suck, yeah. And, and I thought that this movie did a really, really good job of kind of exploring that avenue mm-hmm. of not just what happens to the person, but what happens to the family, what happens to the people who are around yeah, totally. that, that target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting topic because mm-hmm. it's so embedded in our culture right now. Like, there's no part of me that really wants to, like, no matter how much success I or I get or don't get in my life, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like trending and all that mm. shit. Really, <laughs> like I don't really want all that attention. Like I'm right. definitely on that side of it, um, and I feel like it would suck to kind of get scrutinized for any little thing you do say or do, and just or in some cases don't do. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, even doing nothing in some scenarios is actually not a great thing. Right. And, right. You know. <laughs> I just want I'm just here just trying to live my life man exactly hey hey like Paul says anonymity is actually a good thing yeah. it can actually be beneficial so unless you're trying to fuck <laughs> unless you're trying to fuck <laughs> hey hey I'm just going off what the teacher said alright alright stop oh, looking at me like that I just still can't believe that entire like set of scenes with that agency assistant. Oh, I like, know. It's just such a funny <laughs> scenario. Oh my god, so cringe, cringeworthy, I and know. I loved it. Like it's so interesting to me that in the bar 
he like makes that joke about like he's like check please about her being weight like too young for him and then she's like she yeah. gets taken aback but then at the same time she's like but i kind of want to play this dream out but still. we're definitely still gonna do this <laughs> yeah. <We're> absolutely <laughs> like it seemed like she definitely had intentions of like kind of like leading him back to her place and doing that oh for sure <laughs> oh i uh, i agree with you 100 percent because i thought i thought the entire time is uh from uh was it the elevator ride up maybe yeah. i think it was the first kind of like that ooh, like uh, you know just yeah. you got that sense of there's definitely something promiscuous in her head uh-huh. whether or not we see it happening like i totally got that from the onset and then i was very curious to know like are we ever gonna get to get there and get to that uh to that point and then we finally yeah. got to her apartment do you I, i'm curious to know what your thoughts are about that scene in particular about obviously i think paul was going to go through with it mm-hmm. i think um but also i want to know like was that the overarching goal? Was it actually have sex with Paul, or was for it just her standpoint? for her? I I think so. Honestly, at a like at a certain point, I was not sure. Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as I think the point that kind of flipped it for me was when she was like, "We can stop at any point, but do it." <laughs> and then, and then, as soon, like so, then as soon as he sat on the couch and everything like that, I was like. Oh man, she's gonna push him to do everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, then, cool. It, yeah, because oh. even that, like, she, she, like, because after that, after he sat down, she was like, "Touch me," mm-hmm. and then slight little ginger, yeah, on the <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> and then she, I don't like. I don't even remember from the, her dream flashbacks that we did see that she was touching him at all. Mm-hmm. But then she was like, really initiating and pushing things to move along right to get to that point where she wanted it to get to yes well i think what what uh i wish i remember the character name shame on me I and i am mary was, was it? it i thought it was maybe it was i uh, imdb wrong. was all i mean didn't even have michael Sarah in there so that's the only reason why i was like i'm not even gonna look because it yeah. was not helpful for me in this one yeah. it's too early i guess i don't know yeah um but i i uh i think that what what that character wanted was that that um aggression take control right and that's not that i think is is an uh underlying hilarity of it is because mm-hmm. that's not who paul that's is not who he is right all, so yeah. like again in her mind you know something that that's what she wants and then she projects paul onto it yeah and that's what then she comes to expect from him and we get to and to <laughs> me that that's what makes it so much funnier is like he was never gonna be what you wanted yeah <laughs> and I, I don't I to me I think that that piece of, of it and I guess with with um when when they're actually canceling him right I was spray tri- mm-hmm. uh, painting loser on on his car yeah. being afraid of him is like he's not going to be that version of what you want he's not going to yeah. be the killer that you think he is or that you want him to be he's not going to be this you know superstar in 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 Michael Sarah's case um character's case he's <laughs> not going to be this superstar who's going to move a lot of product like right. you want like he's yeah. just that to me is the funniest part mm-hmm. of, or the uh, the most ironic part of this entire thing is that's just not who he is. Yeah, totally. You brought up an interesting like I said uh, that four times in a row. <laughs> one more for <laughs> one for more safety. for effect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you brought up an interesting note that I wanted to bring up was that it confused me when after that like night terror overcoming your night terrors class about him was in the gymnasium and everything like that mm-hmm. after they all left mm-hmm. and then the the kids painted loser on his car mm-hmm. 
that felt out of place to me. Like, why why put loser on someone's car that you're like terrified that of? You're scared of, yeah. Right. Like, I would have. I don't know. That just seemed rude. <laughs> like more than anything, I was just like, "That's just mean for the sake of being mean." Yeah. You're if you're actually terrified of this person, you'd probably just avoid. I would just avoid the person. Completely avoid him. Yeah. Right, so exactly. that felt weird to it, me. I didn't really understand felt, it. And again, I, I don't know if maybe that's where it went a little bit too far in the commentary side of things, where it's like, you know, there's going to be that pocket of the internet that's going to try and poke you into saying or doing something that you yeah. like. You were talking about earlier is. Uh, eventually you're going to catch them doing something yeah. right, that you've been, you know, saying all, all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you, you're right. It felt just a little bit out of place. Yeah, and and if they were going to spray paint something, I don't know, killer, I, murderer. Yeah, exactly. Right? That would have made more sense. <laughs> or just like trashing Freddy? his car. Freddy yeah. would have would have worked a lot better, I think. I would have loved if they would have put him in the Freddy sweater at some point. Oh, my like God. They sh- and then like a hat or something. Uh, that like, <laughs> like, <laughs> would have been great. Like uh, any of the, like, <laughs> it would have been hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. especially... Like, you know, even that scene where, like, in his daughter's, like, younger daughter's dream where he starts doing that weird walk. Yeah. If he was wearing the Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. sweater, that mm-hmm. would have been great. That would have been fantastic. Or even just, like, bits and pieces of yeah. it in different dreams. Uh-huh. That would, yeah. have, been, that would have been an interesting um, <laughs> artistic move as well. It's like, yeah, hey, just can like you an homage piece this to together? That. Right, Like, exactly. I, I get that the gauntlet was an homage to it. Absolutely. For sure. Like, it was super obvious. But I would have liked a couple more hints and drops in there because it's I definitely agree. there i like, agree well he because they even... so many people in so many dreams like <laughs> he, the, exactly <laughs> i mean they even reference it themselves it's like hey the kids at school call you freddy krueger yeah. right or, or uh-huh. uh mr what, whatever they yeah, call it yeah along those lines like they almost verbatim uh referenced it it's yeah. like you know okay play into that right yeah show us a, you know give me a little bit more of that yeah. and again for those little reasons it's hard for me to go that's it's a masterpiece yeah i would almost loved if they did like a scary boiler room, and then he just walks in casually, like not, He's not just doing there. anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been kind of a funny scene. Oh, that would have been that actually would have been terrifying. Like, you, yeah, like they make a really scary environment or scene early on, and then he just like turns the corner and just like looks at the person, mm-hmm. like or looking around, like what the, f- yeah, where the like, fuck am I? Interesting. <laughs> hmm. My lair has gotten warm tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If if I even want to try and fit this into something, but uh, something I, I I saw was really cool is in a Variety article. Ooh. There was um, they were talking about the director, Bor- um, Christopher Borgley, mm-hmm. referencing the esoteric concept of an egregore, which uh, is a Norwegian concept or not concept, but I think it's a Norwegian word, and it's um, what happens when a community of people. Uh, sort of will a spirit into existence, and then that spirit uh, comes to haunt that community. Hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of like with Nick Nick Cage's persona, but also yeah. with within the themes and and talking about dream scenario in particular. The, yeah. the character of Paul was very much an egregore. Yeah. I'm. I mean, again, I don't know if there's even like uh, any. I just wanted to I, I to to mention that because I found yeah. that concept it's, so interesting it is interesting it's it, there is a part of it that's kind of doesn't match for me in the sense of like um the idea had to already be there in order for it to be fabricated into existence mm-hmm. which in dream scenarios case it just started happening mm-hmm. you know okay. what i mean yeah, so like yeah, yeah. Right. so they didn't have this impression of this 
person or being or something right initially hey, we, for we, it to we come we all play. really want this yeah, yeah i see what so you're like there is a missing piece there but i get i mean i get the idea of mm-hmm. that shared um perception of this yep. person or being come in and into yeah. your life basically yeah. i guess um Sweet. that is interesting cool um <laughs> I'm all out of I, notes. I was going to say, no, I, I, I've highlighted a bunch more, but I think we, I've cherry-picked everything that I could off of that. And now I'm just looking at my um, my early review, this just chunk of text going, how the fuck am I going to wrap this up at the very end? Like, after rating, it's just going, oh, Jesus. So, no, yes, no, I think I think that's, uh, that was a really good conversation. I'm, yeah. I'm very glad that that you uh, were able to talk to to me about yeah, this. Yeah, totally. Dreams are cool, man. It dreams are way cool, and you can go in so many places. And <laughs> and um, I mean, overall, I think that this was was a really interesting take. It was on on dreams, yeah, on, and and on that shared um, that shared. What's the word? <laughs> Not perception. <laughs> Consciousness. Yes, the there word. we go. Yeah, you. that. <laughs> But Norio brought to you by Norio brought to you by Norio. <laughs> God, I hope that's the product name. I know. Actually, we're just completely wrong. This whole time. Um, all right. Uh, Jeff, you sound like you're ready to rate this thing. Should we rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. Rate it. Rate. Rate. Grading. Great. Greetings. Greetings. Now I'm curious. Dream scenario <laughs> device. Yeah. What is it? Well, there's nothing easy on here. There's nothing quick on here. So let's go. Let's see. Let's read through the entire script. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it weird that the Norio bracelets were like, they just looked like a kind of those like cheap toys you would get from like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> like where it was yeah. just like that weird, like cloudy, translucent, like, cl- like cloud shaped bracelet with a light that flickered if you tapped it or something like yes! that. That's what it yes! looked like to me. It looked like a retro bracelet i would get when i was a kid from chuck e cheese that's absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't know it was interesting right because i thought it would look more high tech <laughs> or like the thing you get like at a like a beyonce or taylor swift concert right <laughs> just that <laughs> starts flashing when like the certain song comes on exactly yeah, i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> all right let's see norio ad yeah yes Yes, the IMDb has a thing that says Talia Schlanger as Norio ad dream. Oh, thank so it was fucking Norio. God. That would have been <laughs> embarrassing as shit. That would have had a lot of editing to do. <laughs> We'd have to say whatever the device is different ways, different inflections. Like, hey, Matt, can you paste it? Cut, cut and paste that in? Yeah, just find, you know, we, we've made a lot of sounds over these last <laughs> other episodes. Like, just find the right sounds. Just, yeah, you got this. I believe in you. No, re- go. that's what it would sound like probably (laughs) um hey do you want to do you want to guess some some ratings or do you just want to jump right into your own let's let's guess some rating i'll guess some ratings all right what do you think (laughs) the imdb rating is out of 10 imdb rating i think this thing is i'm probably not going to get it exactly right but i think it's a seven give or take all right. Currently. All right. Just I, I, might e- I might even go 7.1. Let's say 7.1. Ooh, you are so close. I'm glad you went higher. 7.4. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah no. So it, I was like, I was <laughs> maybe a little, you want to <laughs> stick a stick with seven? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yes. Yeah, a very solid 7.4, which honestly nice. I feel like is a little bit where I expected it to be. Yeah. If I, I was going to guess, I that. would probably put it in that, yeah, slate or late, say, um, <laughs> In the high 60s, low 70s, around that yeah, range. for sure. Um, all right, what do you want to do? You want to do 
so hmm? that was IMDb. So? Yeah, it was IMDb. Okay. So uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise, oh, God, uh, do you so want to do audience or, or critics first? Um, I'll do audience first, right, and I think got? audience is going to be. I think it's going to be roughly the same as IMDb's score. So I want to say it's going to be like seventy-seven percent. Okay, and then critics, I'll say. I want to say critics were a little more critical, so I'll say they're at like seven point two. Or 7.2%? 72%. Actually, you're, you uh, are off on that. Oh. Um, audiences liked it less overall than oh. critics. Critics love this one. Interesting. Um, so, crit- so you said 72% critics? Yes. 92% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Out of how many? Who's Out of 167 Oh, that's reviews. not bad. Yeah. And then the audience score you said was what? 77, I think. I 77 was 68%. Whoa. Yeah, and that okay. just has 100 plus verified ratings. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, that's flipped from what I thought it was going to be. I agree. I would have kind of said the same thing. Yeah. I, I definitely, I think I would have got higher. Um, critically, I, I probably would have been like in the 85 for, for audience and like prob- probably 70s for. Uh-huh. 70s or low okay. 60s for critics. Again, I just, that's what I would have assumed. But, yeah, interesting. But no. Critics fucking loved it. They loved it. Interesting. So, all right. Huh. What, uh, do, you, do you have a guess on where you want to put this on your stack? Yeah, I mean, I think, let's see. Yeah, ratings for Dream Scenario. Yeah, overall, I think the story and the way it was written and directed and everything was pretty solid and it was a fun and entertaining movie. Had a lot of laughs. It got serious at points too. Um, I feel like I got a lot of the underlying like themes and everything as well inside of it. Um, but as an overall, again, you know, it's like some movies are more my style than other movies. I feel like this one's probably going to be rated at. I think I'll put it at. I'm not even looking at my other ratings right now, but I think I'll put it at a seven point five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 7.5 yeah, for like I think Jeff. it was solid. And that puts you uh same place you put Paranormal Activities, Emperor's New Groove, yeah. um, Dial of Destiny. Yeah, I think that sounds about right to okay. me. It's like Let's it's not see. the perfect Bottoms. masterpiece. It's not like one of my most favorite movies, but I think it was a solid story and movie. Yeah. yeah. Um cool. So I I thought it was good overall. I thought it was odd. I thought it was strange. I thought it was funny, irreverent. I definitely uh-huh. thought it was fresh. Yeah, um, totally. I just, I, I honestly, I felt it, it, it kind of felt a little bit directionless in the way that it would start mm. to explore a topic or a conversation yeah. or even a scene and just, or an idea, and then just kind of fully not commit to it and pivot to something else or just kind of skip over that and, and, and move forward to the next aspect of this insane crazy uh-huh. phenomenon okay so um, you're going to i think right <laughs> <laughs> um i uh that being said i i i thought nicholas cage was phenomenal yeah um, like no, it said I, his full spectrum of 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 uh range of acting was on full display i thought that mm-hmm. uh he was he was absolutely incredible yeah um I thought the rest of the, the cast was, was good. I thought they weren't necessarily outstanding, mm-hmm. um, but I thought they played their characters well. Yeah, I think they um, did their jobs. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I loved, like I said, the story was, was just different than a traditional plot line like, like we've, mm-hmm. or, or story structure even, than we've really seen and become accustomed to. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I kind of feel like that was a little bit of, again, kind of just this directionless piece where it wasn't rigid into a story, so it just okay. didn't have as much momentum as I think it could have sure, had. Sure, Um As far as cinematography goes, I thought it was fine. Nothing yeah. great. Yeah. As far as makeup, makeup 
hair wardrobe. I thought, again, those were all feeling semi-average at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a little bit more so with, you know, making Cage pretty mundane looking. Uh I thought they did a good job with that, I will say. Um, (laughs) For for low budget and mostly starless indie, I thought it was a great job at, at presenting how this ordinary person might react to such an insane situation in yeah. such believable and realistic ways. Mm-hmm. So I I think my initial rating was a little bit lower, mm-hmm. but I think after talking about it and how much... Dis- there's, there's things there was, to appreciate in it, yeah, for sure. To, to really appreciate and yeah. just how much like of a discussion this opened up. And I, I can almost guarantee you I am going to be watching this more than once I think so in the too. future. Yeah. Um, because it's just one of those pieces that I just kind of want to study why things happened, whether it was why mm-hmm. it was written a certain way, why it was acted a certain way, why, uh, you know, in, in, in the given world, why the characters played out in a certain way. Like, it's just to me is one of those that I, I'm not going to give like a giant high rating, but I'm going to yeah. be watching over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to push it up a little bit to 7.75. Just a li- I liked it a little For bit more. For some than reason, did, I, I thought you were going to go lower than me. <laughs> like <laughs> I initially had it at uh, at a 7.25. Just because okay. like I said, I, I was just, I left, I left feeling emotionally unsatisfied. And that I think is what's keeping me out of the eights is I just yeah. was emotionally unsatisfied and disappointed by what I I know could have where we could have gone right. Um, but overall, it was it was a solid piece. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. So um, cool. Yeah, so that's suck great. On that. Yeah, and then Matt, you're gonna go. Um, what did I go? Seven point five. Right, right. I'll put so you down Matt's for a seven point five as <laughs> well great. here. Thank- All right, good. He's I'm gonna, gonna love glad that. You got that in there. Yeah, I'm actually- <laughs> he's gonna hear this on the edit, but I'm actually gonna put it on there for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna touch it. I'm I'm out. I'm I'm done. Uh, he notices it before or after this edit. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's gonna be after this edit. I'm sure he's gonna be like, you motherfucker. I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it a ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be a super high or a super low number. You're exactly I think, think higher is funnier. Or funnier. he's gonna delete it, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. But, all right, Jeff, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Honestly, I, I, I liked where we were able to go with that. And, yeah. and um, that was that was a good movie. That was a, where, where did you see it? Uh, Alamo? I saw it at AMC. You went to AMC? I ended up going to AMC. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Using that pass. Yeah, yeah, as much as I can now that I'm back around. That's so. fair. That's yeah. fair. Might as well. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for us here at What We Watched. Uh, we are on Zitter at watched underscore podcast we're over at facebook at what, uh, what we watched uh come say hi let us know what you thought of dream scenario uh where what would you guys do in somebody else's dream what would you just be creepy and stand there like jeff or yes. would you want to go for a <laughs> ride and you know hijack some people's uh some some people's dreams and see where where that takes you uh let us know and uh if there's anything coming up for the rest of december uh, or into january that you guys need us to cover or want to talk about uh let us know we're We'd love, we'd love to hear back from you. So uh, until that, I'm Brandon. That's Jeff. That's me. Waving as always. Yep. And <laughs> we will talk to you guys next time. Enjoy the movies. Bye. Bye. Bye.